Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And we know that is true beyond uh, words. What's a lawyer other than just a useless waste of human flesh? Well, that's all right. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. I am. We are missing uh, our buddy Todd. He's caught in the barbed wire somewhere. Probably. And uh, so it is Veterans Day. Yes, it is. And uh, Bunker, you're a veteran and I'm a veteran. We are veterans. And, uh, I salute you, sir. And I salute you back, sir. Thank you, sir. And uh, we're going to talk about all those great cowboy actors who served... Uh, in the United States military. We're dipping back to the Spanish-American War. We dipped way back into the gene <laughs> Couldn't group. find anybody in, from the Civil War. Who was I could found a couple of guys, but they weren't movie actors. They, okay. were, they were theatrical actors. Ah, actors. I see. Uh-huh. But I, I figured I'd throw them in there because I found them. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Anyway, uh, that's, that's what the thrust of today's program is. Um, it's all about uh, veterans, and you've got some stuff before we get going. Yeah, i got some lead-off stuff here. Uh, this is the bunkhouse calendar here. Uh, back in November 9 in 1920, Whitey Hughes was born, and Whitey was a stuntman. I knew him. Uh, the great, was a great stuntman, rodeo cowboy, uh, ended up uh, last days in Yuma, good neighbors to Bill Ketchin, but... Uh, uh, he's missed. He uh, doubled and coordinated with, uh, Conrad on Wild Wild West. Mm. And you see, he had a great career. Okay. And then, of course, today, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of squarely and old fashioned. I'm still celebrating it as Armistice Day, 11th hour, 11th day, 11th year, Armistice Day, and all of this other stuff. It's just it's to be celebrated. But I think we should always remember where, where, and what it was evolved from. That's interesting because I, when I was growing up, uh, it was called Armistice Day, yeah, as well. And I honestly don't remember when it was changed to Veterans Day. Um, no clue. And I guess it was just to be able to encompass all veterans. Which um, is a good idea. <laughs> That's a good idea, but I'll bet you some department store was behind it so they could have a sale. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Well, well, I've got a couple of other things right. here. Uh, these are things of interest for folks in Tucson. Coming up on Saturday, November 18th, we will be on the air, but there's an, op- there's an uh, opening reception at Settlers West uh, Galleries, and... It is. It starts at 5.30 p.m. They're located at 6420 North Campbell Avenue. And if you're interested and want for more information, you can go to SettlersWest.com. Their phone number is 520-299-2607. And they say, come enjoy us. And then the very next day, and this this one is, a, mm-hmm. I want to, I've been wanting to go this in for years. I may try and... And weasel in on it, mm-hmm. but it's a rock. It's the Mountain Oyster Club, 54th annual Contemporary Western Art Show and Sale, and this is this is world class art. You've got uh, just some of the artists that'll be there, or their works will be there: uh, Stephanie Campos, Daniel Petoris, Ann Hansen, Deborah Copenhagen Fellows. She's from down. Down Sonoida Way, and she is awesome and awesome in sculpture. Anyhow, they ask you if you uh, join them for cocktails and hors d'oeuvres while viewing the artwork by the finest traditional and contemporary Western artists. Now, space is limited at this private show, and the attendance is by invitation only. But to request an invitation, mm-hmm. call 520 792 0319 or email art at mountain And if you want to view this work in advance, you can go to their website, www.mountainoysterclub.com. And I'll tell you what. 
Harry and I have been there. Yeah. We've seen the art on the wall, and that's just the regular everyday <laughs> wall, everyday art, and it, it, it stuns you. And if you love Western art, they got art, some really good stuff there. Hey, yeah. uh, you might uh, you know next next Saturday, uh, the 18th, <clears throat> before we do the show, oh, yeah. we're going to be on another uh, person's radio show, uh, the Inside Track program on KVOI. And uh, look on the web for KVOI, and you can listen to that live, uh, one o'clock uh, Arizona time. But you you might ask Bruce Ash for an uh, for an invite there, because I know he's uh, I think he's a member there. Yeah, that's an idea. We can use our inside track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See that? Look at how that worked out. Hey, coming up in uh, March of next year, it is the Tombstone Festival of Western Books. It's the second annual. We were at the first annual, and by God, it was a really good event. Uh, Friday, March 8th, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Schieflin Hall. That's at 4th and Fremont in Tombstone. Find out more by uh, looking on the web at Cochise County Corral of the Westerners, or you can uh, email inkslinger, I-N-K, slinger, at cochisecountycorral.org. And that's a kickoff to the big book to the fair. Big, yep, the big book the fair in, in, uh, in Tucson, which is what third, fourth largest in the in the United States, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, and I've got just one more little. This is a little bit of trivia. I don't know if it's important or not, but I thought it was interesting. I come across the site here called for Jag Pro Films, mm-hmm. and that is apparently a little independent, low, low, low budget. Outfit here out of Tucson, mm-hmm. or Benson, I guess it is. Okay. Anyhow, they did done a series. They've done about 20 different films or more. And I'm just going to run through some of the Western titles here. Uh, doesn't tell you the quality or what they're like, but at least it'll show you what they're trying to do. The Law of Eagle Rock, The Stone Valley Vaqueros, Code of the Cattlemen, love that title, Durango, Trail to the Double J. Last Ride to Tanner Outpost, The Law of Eagle Rock, or oh, I did that one, and The Search for Apache Canyon. And our friend uh, Bryce, he was in one of theirs called The uh, Last Posse from uh, Birdie Mesa. Mm-hmm. And shot, they shot a little scene down at the Empire and shot all over the area. And it was a fun thing to watch. It was, it's, like, it's like watching somebody's family home movie, but it was still fun. <laughs> I enjoyed. I saw that one. All right, all right. Let's uh, get to the meat of the matter and honor those uh, cowboy stars that uh, we so much love and love to watch and uh, honor them and talk about their military service. The first one on my list is uh, the great Tom Mix. He Can't served in better. the he served in the Spanish American War in the Army. And uh, you've got some info there on him that I see you're trying to... No, I don't. Locate. I don't think I do. What? Other than... What? You know, there's, there's, a little, there's a little bit of controversy about his military record. Because mm-hmm. he... Uh, oh, all right. There, there it is, Harry. Okay. Uh, yeah, it says Tom Mix, and that's it. And an A, Army. <laughs> but uh, the rumors uh, were supposedly work, shot, worked in the Boer Rule. Boer War, mm-hmm. that's a hard one to say for me, mm-hmm. uh, and possibly in the Philippines, maybe, because, you know, the, the studios went a little overboard when they started publicizing him. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he, he, he was uh, he was the it guy. <laughs> he was, hey, he, he come along, the, the guy was William S. Hart and Harry Carey, and he come along uh, with his circus cowboy outfits mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. And the American public just ate him alive. He was the most popular star in the world at that time. Bill Bo Jangles Robinson, a black man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the Spanish-American War. Uh, he was also in World War One. performed uh, for the um, uh, American Expeditionary Force there. And uh, he was Army as well. Mm-hmm. Lots of Army guys. Love, love that, love that. Army uses up people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know we're we are known as cannon fodder. <laughs> yes, that you know it's in, in the in the stunt business. That's what you call, you know, the guys that are the real daredevils mm-hmm. or more daredevil than a stunt mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. and a stunt coordinator. He'll, you know, this stunt's probably going to either maim or kill the guy. <laughs> I, I, I know just the guy. He's cannon fodder. <laughs> but those guys would work a lot until they until they wiped out. 
Buck Jones, oh. big-time cowboy actor. Oh, yeah. uh, unfortunately, his life was cut short in 1942 in the... Uh, the big fire in uh, Coconut Grove. Coconut Grove. Oh, yeah. um, he, he was killed going in to try to save people. Yeah, Buck Jones, uh, he, he, he was in the Army, stationed in the Philippines in 1907, which was after uh, the Span Am War. Um, but there, there was uh, action going on called the Moro Rebellion. The Moro and, Wars, yes. Yeah, and so uh, he, he, was, he, got, he was wounded there, wasn't he? I think so. <clears throat> So, so right? one of these guys, you know, it's like, and because we look up so many when we're doing this, it's like you got to keep them straight in your head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim McCoy, uh, oh, Colonel, Colonel Colonel Tim, man. Um, I don't know what else you could say except, wow. Uh, Tim McCoy served in World War One, served in World War Two, both times in the Army. He was the Adjutant uh, General in the Wyoming National Guard. Um, he was the youngest general officer in the army, uh, even younger than um, what's his face who uh, lost his way at uh, no Custer. Custer. Uh, even younger than Custer, uh, and I don't think it was a brevet. No, I don't. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Custer's youngest thing comes from Westport. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tim McCoy, man, all-around cowboy. Federal uh, Indian agent. Fe- <laughs> federal Indian agent spoke Native American mm-hmm. languages. Um, well, he came to Hollywood as as the babysitter for the Lakota that worked on the, what, the movie. Was it the, the Iron Horse? Was that it? I think so. Yeah. 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 Anyhow, he was had <clears throat> the they kept him there and they sent him all over the United States promoting the movie mm-hmm. so every town he would be there on the stage with his Indians and doing his stuff and he had his own Wild West show yes, you know did. so uh, and then he had a group after, after his film career he had uh, many many years as a circus circus he did his mm-hmm. little gig there he he uh, retired and uh, had a ranch down near Rio Rico yeah, down by Green Valley and uh that's where he died. Passed on. Well, it, it was in. Uh, he, he passed on at the Fort Huachuca Army Hospital. Well, they took him over. Yeah, yeah. He but sick. he he, <laughs> he died uh, uh, two weeks before my son was born, in 1978. And, uh, Reincarnation. Uh, you know, I, I'd love to think so, but uh, <laughs> man, I, I wish I'd known because I would have loved to have met the man. Uh, I wish I'd have known because I, he was still alive when yeah. I was here in Tucson yeah. earlier on. Yeah. I would have definitely gone down there got thrown off the property. We are uh, talking about the veterans, uh, the uh, cowboy actors who uh, served their country um, prior to them becoming actors. Uh, the next one up is uh, the great Randolph Scott. Oh. And, uh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Put, put your hat on there and, and put and put hand over your heart. Okay. <laughs> World, <laughs> World War I uh, served in the Army. Um, we don't know much about his service there, but uh, we do know that he served. Um, next one up, th- th- I don't think Bela Lugosi did any westerns. I can't remember. Yes, he did. He did? Okay, well, he good. Did, he did a German western, The Last of the Mohicans. He played Genghis Cook. Okay. And he did do he did do another, at least one or two more. I can't remember what they were. He played a bad guy, in it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think he did an Indian in one over here. I can't remember the ones. Yeah. He, can't be specific. He but fought, I know. He fought uh, during World War One for the Hungarian army. And, well, uh, he was Hungarian. Well, yeah, he was. Yeah, so that's, made great goods. I know. <laughs> Seemed to be correct. Uh, Spencer Travy, Tracy was uh, in the army in the navy. I'm sorry, and, and he joined at the end of World War One, uh, but he never saw any action. And, you know, hey, whether you see action or hey, not, it doesn't matter. When you're in the Navy, it's not the action, it's the ports. It's, it's the, here, here's the point. You, you are serving your country. Yes. It doesn't matter if it's in combat or not. And, you know, that's a good point because, you, you know, you know a lot of, an awful lot of emphasis is, well, you know, what theater did you serve in? Uh, I was in from 58 to 62 in the Navy. And you go well. The Navy in Vietnam, they didn't do, but they ran all the river. They ran all the river action. He did a lot. <laughs> I was with an ASW staff, and we had uh, 
submarine patrol going on all the time to mm -hmm. make sure that CHICOM didn't try to slip, slip in people or uh, munitions mm -hmm. or whatever, or try to slip people out. And we were there the whole time. Yep. Navy uh, did its thing in uh, in Vietnam just as every other The river rats, did. God, they got My so God. like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, and, and uh, later on the Army took over uh, yeah. that stuff. Could you imagine one of these little jet boats zipping up and down the rivers and along on both, it's like ducks in a, uh, it in is. a shooting gallery. They're yeah. on both sides, you know. They probably, the Chinese, they probably shot each other more than they shot the guys. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart. Oh, yeah. World served, World War I. served in World War I. He was also a, a Navy guy. You've got some info there for him? Well, no, but I'm, I'm going by memory here. And I, it seems to me like he took a piece of shrapnel in the lip. Hmm. And that's why he had that kind of stiff lip and that kind of a lisp. Interesting. Yeah. Buster Keaton, not necessarily a Western guy, but... Um, the general. The, well, all right, the general. Um, uh, Gert Comedian, uh, sight comedian, served in World War One in the Army. Um, and he did a couple of Indian things in some of the silence. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see, moving on here. Uh, one of my favorite guys, Hoot Gibson, the Hooter. Ooh, the Hooter. He tank was, man. He was a tank man. Tanks, yeah. He was a sergeant in uh, tanks. Uh, in uh, World War One Army, uh, they, and they said even then he was a hoot. I imagine so, and he was the right size to uh, get into one of those, <laughs> one of those co and iron coffins and get out. Yeah, as well. And man, uh, tanks tanks are interesting. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you, 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 you know, there's a psychological thing where a guy goes, "Yo, man, I want to get in your tanks because the bullets will bounce off." Not necessarily. And then you go, "Well, what about?" What about that German 88? Mm, yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. well, it's like it's like being a Coors beer can on the highway. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, Roy Barcroft. Oh, yes. Famous Republic villain. Uh, he served in the Army in World War One as well. Art Accord, a great friend oh, of Hugh yes, Gibson. Yes. He served in, <clears throat> pardon me, World War One in the Army. And he was awarded... Uh, uh, the uh, Croix de Guerre for, uh, for bravery uh, by the French there. Um, and I think it might have, you know, they called it shell shock. We call it PTSD now. But he, he did suffer and uh, he took his life um, way too way too early. Um, another uh, Army guy from World War One, an actor. Kermit Maynard, great yeah. stuntman, brother of Ken Maynard, and I think a much better actor and all-around cowboy than and Ken. stuntman. <laughs> but you know, it's funny because Ken was famous, really, for being a trick rider, mm -hmm. and he was an awesome trick rider, and mm -hmm. he was, and he was fearless with doing the stunts. But people forget that Kermit also doubled him on a lot of those stunts. That's right. Yep. So you know, he was doing the same things that. Uh, Kit was. He just wasn't getting the fame and fortune. All right, we're going to take our go. go oh, no, go ahead. Take your break. I was going to say, we're going to take our first commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker to France with you. We are talking and are honoring the cowboy stars who were veterans on this Veterans Day 2023. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities 
activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. We all make promises, big and small. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. I do solemnly swear to help you when you are in need. To be considerate and caring. To be your loving, faithful friend, partner, child, parent, neighbor. One of our most important commitments is to support our nation's veterans. Learn how you can help a veteran going through a difficult time by visiting maketheconnection.net. If any of you fellas touch that wagon, you'll be looking for a new boss. You all better get off the street before someone else gets hurt. This is the Voices of the West. We are back on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France with you. We're streaming live to you from the uh, White Stallion Ranch. And that is the Fort Lowell Brass Band there, uh, military band, doing a tune called Army O. <laughs> All right, we're talking about uh, actors who are vet- who were veterans, and uh, most of these fellows are, are pa- have passed on a lot already. But I'm going to go to, I'm going to switch over to. Oh, I thought I had it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'll, I'll not hog the mic- microphone. I know you're having a good time. I, I hated to break in on you there. But I just got these, these, these guys are so fascinating. I've got a gentleman here named Reginald Barbo. He was born uh, June 17, 1866, in Cambridge, Mass. Died in uh, July 6, 1943, in Hollywood. He was an actor, a director. Veteran of the Spanish-American War, Boer War, World War One. During the Boer War, while serving with Royal Canadian Regiment, was awarded Medal of Valor for saving his wounded captain while under fire. World War One and U.S. Army rose to rank a colonel and command of the 304th Infantry. He entered films temporarily in 1960, permanently in 1931. Uh, he was the president of Actors' Equity, and during a strike of 1919, led a parade down Broadway atop a spirited white stallion. Nice! Yes. Uh, some of his movies, Dr. Ball with uh, Will Rogers, mm-hmm. The Red Blood the red blood of Courage, I've seen <laughs> 1930, but that was a legitimate thing, a, yep, a, a yep. Ken Maynard thing. Yep. Uh, O'Malley of the <clears throat> Mounted, Last of the Mohicans, the 1936 one, uh, just a bunch more. Uh, moving on, this is a guy, Harry and me, we spent a good part of our breakfast yesterday trying to find him. Uh, and I, I, missed, I misguided Harry. I thought I gave him the wrong last name. But it was a gentleman named Johann Gottlieb Wilhelm, went by Bill, but he was known as G.W. Bitzer in the industry. He was born on the April 21st, 1872 in Roxburgh, Mass., Died in uh, April 29, 1944, in Hollywood. Seems these guys go to Hollywood, the old-time silent guys. Mm-hmm. He was a cinematographer, a director. Uh, he was a director of, of, of cinematography, 1,255 films. Wow. Uh, he directed 15 films, considered the greatest cinematographer of his time. He was a uh, According to this source, he was the first to use artificial lighting to illuminate a set. 
Innovations and in inventions were the traveling shot, backlighting, soft focus, running dissolve, fade out, close up. The first uh, cinematographer to cover a war, he was commissioned by William Randolph Hearst hmm. to film the Spanish-American War, hmm. and he witnessed uh, T.R. and the Rough Riders uh, charging El Caney. And I've actually seen some of his oh. some of his silent. Mm -hmm. yeah, most of them run about a minute, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. under that. and they're really great to watch. I mean, they're just simple. Sometimes it's just guys marching, you know. But, yeah. but you see something that, you know. That happened, and it's like you know. In a way, you're kind of like a guy standing on the corner witnessing it. Yeah. Now this is this is a good one. I like this guy, George Washington, better known as Buck Connors. Uh, he was born in November 22nd, 1880, Streeter, Illinois. Died February 4th in 1947 here in Yuma, Arizona. He served in both the Army and the Navy in the Spanish-American War. Uh, he was a private in the Texas Rangers, and he was assigned to enter Mexico and take pictures of the fighting during the Revolution of 1916. He wound up fighting in the battle. <laughs> he was a member and close friend of Bill Cody and his Wild West, founding member of the Screen Actors Guild. He was an actor in 101 pictures, directed two shorts. Uh, his first credit was The Burning Lariat, 1913, a short. Some of his key roles were the Duke of Chimney Butte, the radio detective, which was a serial. And I like to include serials in our show sure. because these are well, most of the guys in the series were the Cowboys. Yeah. And just a whole bunch more. Oh, well, you will mention some because these are, there's a whole bunch of Zane Grays here. Riding Thunder, The Thundering Herd, Open Rage. Uh, moving on, I love this one. Howard Hansel. Better known as Cy Jinx. Ah! Yeah. He was born on September 23rd, 1876 in Norristown, Pennsylvania. He, decided, he died January 6, 1970. He had a nice long life in Woodland Hills. He enlisted in April 21st, 1898, first day of the Spanish-American War. Wow. That's Patreon. Uh, he was par uh, part of the Pennsylvania National Guard, Company F. A Sixth Regiment Infantry. His first feature film was John Ford's The Village Blacksmith in 1922. He was an actor in 226 films. Uh, one of his key roles was Zorro's Black Whip. He went by, in some of them, he went by the sidekick name of Rawhide. <laughs> Moving on, here, this is a great one. Louis Stone, the old great actor we okay. all remember him from. Andy Hardy, but mm -hmm. he goes way back. You know, he was born November 15, 1879, in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, died September 12, 1953, in Beverly Hills. He was sent to Cuba in 1898 to fa fight in the Spanish-American War in the Army. Uh, promoted to sergeant, served as an orderly at the Battle of San Juan Hill, and he served in the Army in World War One in the Cavalry. Too old to serve in World War II, he served as a lieutenant colonel in the California National Guard and organized the Evacuation Regiment West Coast. He was an actor in 153 films. He wrote a screenplay, Man's Desire, in 1919, which was an outdoors Northwoods kind of thing. He did many, many Northwoods films and Mountie stuff during the silent era. His uh, sound era credits are not that... Not that many, but they're good. He was in Three Godfathers, 1936. Some people say that was the best. That was what the third or fourth iteration third one. Of, was of that one. Silent and two two sounds, yeah. and then it was the one we all know, Bad Man of Brimstone with Wallace Beery, mm -hmm. and that is a funny. That's Beery. Anything you can see with Beery. <laughs> and he he was in Yellow Jack, which. Not really a western because it's down in the Panama Canal, the building uh -huh, of the uh -huh. of the uh, Panama Canal, uh -huh. fighting malaria. But it's all about this group of cavalry guys that are signed down there. Uh, he was out west with the with the Hardys, you know, Andy Hardy. He did Sporting Blood in 1940, and his last western, as near as I could tell, was Stars in My Crown. With Joel McRae, that in itself is just. Now this is a good one, a real good one. James Young Deer. He was born April 1st, 1876, in Washington D.C. Died April 6th, 
1946 in New York City. He enlisted in the Navy and served from uh, 1898 to 1901 as a landsman. His he was first documented film director as a Native American ancestry. You know, he's credited yes. as being the first Native yes. American director. Right. Uh, he was uh, Nanticote, uh, people of Delaware. He directed 37 pictures, was an actor in 33, writer of 10, producer of one, and his wife was Red Wing, who was a big star at that time, mm-hmm. you know, probably probably the biggest Indian star and one of the biggest women stars as it was. Some of his films, uh, just hit one or two, The Guardian, 1909, with his wife, Red Wing, The Indian and the Cowgirl, and just so on and on. And now, I've got a whole bunch of Native American vets from the Spanish Civil War. You want to jump in for a while? Spanish Civil War? Spanish-American War. Spanish-American War. Go for it. These were guys that served with the Rough Riders. They were Cherokee, Chickasaw, Pawnee. Uh, most of them come from the Indian Territory, which is uh, Oklahoma, but some of them from other parts. The first one is William Pollock. He was a Pawnee. Uh, his Pawnee name was Talu Owayahu. He was born 1871 near Nebraska's Loop River uh, in Oklahoma Territory. He was After the war, he was an Indian policeman, a deputy sheriff, a member of the militia, was in the Battle of Las Grossmus and San Juan Heights, uh, Theodore Roosevelt wrote about him that Pollock was always among those at the front of the charge. He caught malaria in Cuba and died in March 2nd, 1899, back home in Oklahoma. Hmm. Now this is a anyway, this is a pair of brothers, Frank C. Brito and his brother Jose, and they were from Pinos Altos, New Mexico. Uh, my home, my home state. They entered in, April, in May 1895 and assisted uh, Troop B, campaign uh, captain by Captain George Curie, a future uh, governor of New Mexico, territorial governor. Frank returned to New Mexico, served in the U.S. National Guard, and was sent to Columbus, New Mexico, after Pancho Villa's 1916 raid. Later became a deputy sheriff, a town constable, a city jailer, and a game warden. His brother Jose remained in the army, joining another union after the disbanding of the Rough Riders, and is listed as missing in action in the Philippine War and presumed dead. Hmm. And I guess we got another one here. This is this is one of my favorite. Four Lakota nuns, hmm. four Indian Sioux ladies, Susan Bordeaux, uh, or or Mother, uh, Reverend Mother Mary Anthony, Ella Clark, Reverend Sister Mary Gertrude, Anna M. Anna B. Peach, Reverend Mother Mary Bridget, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Josephine Two Bears, Reverend Sister Mary Josephine, and they were from the Congregation of American Sisters of Fort Pierre, South Dakota. <coughs> Let me take a drink here. Yeah. <laughs> Slug one down here. There you go. Hmm. <clears throat> Allergies are plaguing us big time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, they served as nurses. Uh, where are we going here? Oh, they served as nurses, tended to the sick and wounded in Camp Cuba Libra in Jacksonville, Florida, and Camp Onward in Savannah, Georgia, and later transferred to Cuba. They lived in tents and worked for $30 a month. Hmm. Uh, Susan Bordeaux died in Havana from complications related to DB. All four were rewarded the cross of the order of the Spanish-American War nurses for bravery and heroism, heroism in hospitals and on the field. We have now we have Joseph Dubray of Lakota. I believe he was a priest. He was too late too late to get into the Rough Riders, but enlisted in the Sixth Massachusetts and saw the end of the war in Cuba and was part of the fighting in Puerto Rico. People don't, a lot of people don't realize yeah. that war just, after it was over yeah. in Cuba, it continued in other it parts did. of the world. It did. Philippines, and, Puerto Rico. And then one last one. Uh, what is it? Bankston Johnson of Choctaw from Louisiana served with the Rough Riders. Well, to wrap up uh, the uh, veterans from World War I, <clears throat> you'll, you'll know some of these names. Charles Bickford, Walter Brennan, Maurice Chevalier, <laughs> Reginald Denny, Brian Donlevy, oh, Stanley, go ahead. Donlevy. 
he was an artillery officer, and they did something after that. Uh, I think. Yeah, I can't remember. Now. Well, uh, if he was artillery, maybe he served with Harry Truman. Hard to say. Yeah. Uh, Brian Donnelly, Stanley Holloway, Charles Lawton, Raymond Massey, Adolf Manjou, Basil Rathbone, another my favorite Sherlock Holmes, uh, and directors who served in World War One include Busby Berkeley. Berkeley. <laughs> you, well, that's apparently how it's pronounced. Uh, he, he, it's he, Berkeley. Ber- Berkeley, the... Uh, Man, he, the, the musicals that man did. Um, oh, Frank Capra. I know. Frank, giant. Yeah. Frank Capra, Howard Hawks, Fritz Lang, and the great William A. Wellman. Oh, yeah. And that uh, wraps up World War One. We got World War Two and others to talk about as. I may revisit some of those. All right. When, when we come back here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, we'll be right back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 ski fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000 square foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSki.com. This is Eb Wilkinson at Wilkinson Wealth Management. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement and you're putting off retirement planning, my advice to you is don't do that. Ignoring your retirement planning won't make it go away. It'll just make it worse. Give me a call and let's work on your plan together so you can retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Hello, my name is Travis Mills, and I make westerns, and you're listening to Voices of the West. We are back on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander in Bunker de France. Todd Roberts is AWOL <laughs> on this Veterans Day. <laughs> Missing in action. Ah, we tease him. Anyway, we're talking veterans. We're really pleasing when we do talk. <laughs> we're talking veterans uh, who, uh, actors who served uh, during uh, the time they should be serving, the time <laughs> when everyone uh, who has half a brain ought to be serving. Uh, let's jump up to World War. Now I want to say one thing real yeah. quick there. You know, when I, I joined in 1958 after I got out of the, after I got out of high school, and I didn't have to. Right. But I, I you know, I. That was back when they, they would come to the high schools mm-hmm. and they'd tell you about your military mm-hmm. obligation. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't have the money to go to college and school. And, and I thought, well, I can get some kind of education there. And I enlisted for four years. I wasn't a two-year draft. I enlisted. And I may be a snob, but I put a little bit of distinction between people that were drafted and people that enlisted. All right, I take umbrage at that <laughs> because I was. I know, but you went proudly. I yes, I was one of the last to get drafted in ni- 1971, and uh, yeah. But you didn't go to Canada. I did not go to Canada. I did not speak Spanish, so I was not going to Mexico. <laughs> my, my brother served in the army. By the same time, you served in the navy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was, uh, uh, and the same time, Elvis Presley. Uh, was in the army. In fact, my brother was a drummer for Elvis uh, hey. when he, in Germany. Hey, that's that's hazardous duty. Hey, it is. <laughs> young young, young uh, yeah. army do- army girls, you know, with their, their dads, you know, storming. I know, I know. Oh, but yeah, I, I I did my thing. I stayed for nine years in the in the uh, army, and uh, I'm proud of my service. And, um, and you were stationed in a pretty hairy place too. I, I was. <laughs> 
I was right in, uh, I was in northeast Thailand uh, during Vietnam, uh, right on, right at the corner there of, uh, Cam- of Laos and Thailand. We were 25 miles from the Ho Chi Minh Trail. So wait a minute, you didn't exist. We were, I know we didn't. It was a secret air base. We were 60 miles, air miles from Hanoi. And, uh, yeah, um, so we did our thing, and we did it proudly. Moving on to World War II here, bunches of people served World in World War II. Among them, uh, Slim Pickens, he was in the Army, served stateside. Uh, John Ford, the director, uh, was in the Navy Reserve in World War II. As a combat photographer, as we were just talking about, Harris, Ro- let's talk a little bit more. All right, go go ahead. Because you know, he actually worked with the Navy before that as, as a civilian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would take little fishing trips down to Mexico, and everybody talk, they talk about him. I would they were drunken debaucheries. <laughs> they weren't. Yeah, they 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 tipped a few because that's the kind of. That's that generation, right? But they he was checking out, you know, like Acapulco. Uh, one of the reports coming back there was awful lot of German uh, seamen there, mm. you know, just, just regular seamen, not mm-hmm. officers and stuff. But man, they have such this bearing, and you, you know, they were basically spying under, undercover Germans. Yeah, they was trying to set up stuff with Mexico. Yeah, he served and did a lot of stuff like that. Uh, he was a good friend with uh, what's his name, the guy with the OSS uh, Bull, uh, a guy that headed it up. Set. Anyhow, he was co- very close friends with him, and that was kind of his contact because they didn't want to take him for health reasons, but he had a lot of influence. Got in. Mm-hmm. The, this, this is this is the thing. This is tells you that his character though. He's at the Battle of Midway. He's got his camera crew, and he was in, also he was in charge of the Navy camera units. Mm-hmm. He's at Midway. He's standing on top of an ammunition bunker. Japanese planes are dropping bombs all around him. One off was close enough that he was hit with shrapnel. He never stopped filming. That film was one of the films that won the documentary Oscar. Mm-hmm. He continued on, off and on. Uh, he'd come back to duty. He shot. Uh, one of the last things he did was shooting some films for the Vietnamese War. But he covered the, the North Korea, I mean the Korean War. He just, he was a he was a patriot's patriot. Yes, he was. Robert Taylor served oh. in the uh, Navy during World War II. Uh, Jeff Chandler served in a, the Army. He was a flight instructor, if I remember Yes. Right. Uh, Jeff Chandler served in the Army in World War II. Um, um, George Montgomery, the Army Air, Co- Air, Army Air Force in World War II. Glenn Ford, uh, in oh, the Marines yeah. during World War II, as did uh, Lee Marvin. I got some. Lee, I got some Glenn Ford stuff. Go, go. Well, first of all, uh, when he got out, actually didn't get out. He went right into the reserves. I think. I think he left the reserve, retired as a as a full commander. But I was stationed up at Point Magoo uh, when I first got out of boot camp with a countermeasure squadron, and they have every year they have an air show. And he would come up and kind of grand marshal MC it. And what was neat is he came by our countermeasures thing because that was also the admiral that was in charge mm-hmm. of the base. That's his uh, A3D was parked in our hangar, mm-hmm. and the admiral brought him by to, sh- to show him his, his bird. <laughs> cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Jack Holt uh, oh, was yes. a. Uh, was in World War II, but not in action. He was a horse buyer for the U.S. Army Cavalry uh, because, you know, horses and mules were still being used. Richard Carlson. That's right. Richard Carlson, an actor and a director. He was a Navy pilot in World War II. John Russell uh, was in World War II. Uh, What was the Western he did? Um, John Russell? Oh, man. He did the Lawman. That's it. Thank you. Uh, He did... uh, uh, or was it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he, he was... Oh, he, he was uh, in... Uh, no, never mind. He did great Indians, yeah. too. Uh, <laughs> Guad- he, 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 he was uh, one of those who landed on Guadalcanal. Mel Brooks, the director, was yes. a combat engineer during World War II. That was dangerous. You're no kidding. Blowing up stuff? Oh, well, not only that, but you know, when, they, when they say, you know, combat... 
they were also out there building airfields in the combat zone. Well, that's what a combat engineer does, yes. yes does. Uh, and they frequently lose their lives. Uh, I got another story for you. All right. My, my second stepdad, Claude Bryans, was a full-blooded Choctaw. He was a lineman before the war. He went in, he was automatically into the CBs. Uh, when we were getting ready to invade uh, Japan, their, their commanding officer got them all together and he made this wonderful announcement gentlemen we are scheduled to be in the first wave in the invasion of Japan we are predicting 100% casualties wow. <laughs> and my stepdad has always said the greatest thing that ever happened was dropping the bomb mm. regardless of all the peaceniks in the world mm-hmm. out there I have to mm. agree with you um, yeah, no, I, obviously they saved, they saved millions of lives. There's no question about it. Um, Morgan Freeman served in the Air Force during the uh, Second World War. Alan Ladd in the Army Air Corps in World War II. Lee Van Cleef, uh, yeah. World War II. He was a Navy guy. Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, wait a minute. General Jimmy. Wait a uh, World War II Army Air Corps. Oh man, he he uh, he left active duty. I think as a brigadier general, and then. Uh, when he retired, I think he was either a major or a lieutenant general. Okay, here we go. Army Air Army Air Force, commanded squadron of B-24 bombers, flew more than 25 missions over Germany with 11 awards, most decorated Hollywood enlistee. Uh-huh. He, <laughs> this is the funny part. He ate a steady diet of tuna fish sandwiches to meet the weight requirements when he went in. Uh-huh. He used his pilot's license to help him gain his commission. His bomber was seriously damaged over Belgium on one one raid, yet he led a, his, him and his group in support of several liberators that had gone off course and were under attack and led them back to home base. After the war, he continued in the Air Force Reserve, retired as a full brigadier general, and his service period was from World War II to Vietnam. Great man. But the greatest of them all is Audie Murphy. Oh, my gosh. The most decorated man in World War II, Army Major Audie Murphy. Um, Single-handedly captured a a German tank battalion. A bunch of them. A bunch of German tanks. I mean, wow. He's the son of a... uh, of a Texas sharecropper, and one of the reasons he joined was so that to, to have money for his family. It yeah. was patriotic, but it was also being realistic. And he, one of the reasons he was such, he was like he was like uh, Sergeant York. He reason he was such a good shot was because as a kid he fed his family going out with a twenty-two mm-hmm. or a, a little shotgun or something. Uh, after the war, he was with the Texas National Guard, the Army Reserves. Uh, officer, as you mentioned, he earned every U.S. military combat award for valor in World War II. You met him, correct? I worked, worked with, with him, with him? On, uh, on Arizona Raiders. I'm curious, did any, I, I, I have to wonder how, as, as much as combat as this guy saw, and what he did, and the number of medals he was awarded, you know, we call it PTSD now, shell shock then, whatever else. Did any of that figure into him in his act when he was acting? You know, I don't know because, you know, Juan, he was a man who, He's from, child, from childhood, has been with guns. Now, I, 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 Bear Hutkins was one of his closest friends. They used to, when they weren't working, they would go down to Santa Anita or Hialeah and play the horses. And so Bear would tell us all these stories. One of the stories, which has been, it's been published, and uh, Bear verified that it was a true story because he heard it from Audie himself, that uh, one time the alarm clock went off, and for some reason he was dreaming he was being attacked by a train. He woke up shooting the alarm clock, and that's also shortly thereafter that that wife left. Yeah, I, I tend to want to shoot my alarm clock, too. Oh, if I could hear it, I would, but my hearing, I can't hear the damn All right, that takes care of... Uh, it, it, it does, we're not saying we got everybody in here. Oh, I, still got I know there's people that we've left out and such, but we got to take our last 
commercial break yeah, here. We're, we're running out of war. <laughs> and we'll talk about some current guys uh, who are still with us. Uh, we'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. This is Ev Wilkinson of Wilkinson Wealth Management where we manage money for gun owners. When people turn 50, something miraculous happens. They start to get serious about retirement planning. They've done very well so far and want to be certain they power into the retirement they've earned. Let me guide you to retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, at 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. I think you two better go to the door ahead of me. You might find my back too much of a temptation. This is the Voices of the West. to Amo Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with us here on the program Veterans Day. He was missing in action, but we've got him back. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, he was on a secret mission. Yep. Uh, this, <laughs> this is uh, Gary Owen, the uh, song for the 7th Cav of the United States Army. Todd Roberts, welcome. Stranger. Where is he here? No, oh, I lost him. What? I thought I had him. Well, yeah, well, when you're finding him, I'll just say, no, you know. Wrong, 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 wrong thing. thing. You're both a little too generous <laughs> to say that I was on a secret mission. Uh, oh, that secret I was booze. lost on a secret mission. <laughs> I was, I, I lost my watch or my mind. Both. I got a haircut earlier in the week. And oh, no wonder. All the pressure was, was cut off. all my hair off. What he did was he cut, he obviously cut my intelligence off as well. Um, All that but, pressure uh, on your brain. Yeah, well, there's a lot of pressure on me, Bunker. Uh, that's why I need to take you drinking. Um, so, um, I don't know who we've talked about or who we haven't, but I have three that I want to mention. Please, I know, I know you spoke about, I heard you talking about uh, Murphy. I think he's yes. way beyond, uh, you know, uh, the Hall of Fame. Yep. He's uh, even higher than that. He he might be number one. Number two is Lee Marvin. Yep. yep. Talked about him. 
uh, who's of course we uh, we all know is one of our one of our 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 favorite people and one of our uh, my personal favorite uh, Western actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I want to talk about is um, is you know Jimmy Stewart. You can talk about him, and you can mm-hmm. talk about uh, uh, so many others. You you know you can talk about, but. The one I really want to talk about, other than Lee Marvin and Andy Murphy, is um, Clark Gable. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. yeah. Go yeah. for it. And well, you know, his story is uh, is remarkable because he was madly, madly in love. He had finally found his true, true love in the world uh, for life, uh, which was Carol Lombard, and of course, she was killed. Uh, serving our country as well. Mm-hmm. She was on a war bond tour, and she died in a private plane crash while on a war bond tour. And he was never the same after that, and he lived another 20, 21 years, uh, or 20 years. And uh, after that happened, he took a while that he was he just was in seclusion. But when he came out of it, oh, about a month later, he uh, he signed up for the Army Air Corps as a machine gunner, and uh, he's 39, 40 years old, and he's out there in basic training, humping it uh, with these guys that are 18, 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a great line uh, or a part or a passage in the film Apocalypse Now where uh, Martin Sheehan is reading the dossier on Colonel Kurtz, which is Marlon Brando. And he, you know, he's reading his whole dossier, his whole file, trying to understand the makeup of this person he's out to get uh, to better understand him. And he gets to a point where he got so disgusted with the Army, Colonel Kurtz that is, that he just chucked it all. He resigned his commission as an officer, and he went and volunteered for the infantry with the grunts. And and the dialogue of Martin Sheehan in that film says, can you imagine this guy, 40 years old, out there with the grunts, kids, 18, half his age, 18 years old, 19 years old, he's 40, and he's out there humping it on on the obstacle courses with him and in basic training, I mean, how could he have done that? Yeah. That's impossible for a 40-year-old to do. Well, in that case, it is a fictionalized description or a characterization of someone. Gable was the real thing, and he did it. He was 5'11 and a half, 180 pounds. He had a 34-inch waist. He had a 46-inch uh, chest. Damn. And he was he was he was not somebody you wanted to mess with. No. <laughs> and he was willing to take whatever they gave him. And he got himself in the in the Army Air Corps. He was a machine gunner. He didn't do the publicity tour like a lot of stars did. Nothing against that. Mm-hmm. They definitely served their country mm-hmm. and created tremendous support mm-hmm. for morale with the troops. But he was in the line of fire. Mm. And it's because he didn't care anymore. He didn't care about his life. He didn't care if he lived another day. His The love of his life was gone, and he was ready to just go out and embrace whatever came his way. And A the, lot like Doc Holliday was, yeah. who also knew he was going to die and didn't care. Yep. He was a fearless gunfighter because he didn't care. Well, you know, he also requested to be sent on the most dangerous missions. Oh, he volunteered for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He sure did. And right. he saw a lot of action, and he never talked about it. There's four more that I want to talk about here. One from the Korean War. Clint Eastwood served in the oh. U.S. Army. Private uh, Eastwood. Sam Elliott in the National Guard. Kurt Russell in the Air National Guard. And Tom Selleck yeah. in the Army National Guard. And uh, yeah. I think Sam, Kurt, and Tom were in uh, California. Stateside. Yeah, stateside California yeah. units. fact of the matter is they served. That's, that's, that's the important part. 
So. Well, and this all goes back to a, to a common thread and a point we've had on this show countless times, but I think it's one of our themes, which is why the uh, Western stars of past are better than most of the Western stars of today. It's all real Because life. when you look at Steve McQueen or Clark Gable or Randolph Scott or uh, Tom Selleck or Clint Eastwood, and they point a gun at you, you believe it. Oh, yeah. Because they know how to use that weapon. Yep. And when I look at whoever, whichever bubblegum-haired <laughs> trollop that I look at at this moment that is on screen today, Goofy and he points burns. a gun at me, um, you know, it reminds me of that old line uh, in uh, the Magnum P.I. show where uh, the cowboy comes out and he gets in a fight with a samurai, and uh, he says to the samurai, son, you better put that sword down. You might hurt yourself. <laughs> and you just don't understand who you're dealing with. And, and most of these guys today, they they don't know the first thing about a weapon. Uh, it's just like they don't know which end of the horse it is. Well, they point the damn thing sideways. Come on, you don't oh. shoot that way. Uh, anyway, that's all the time yeah. we've got here. Uh, for this edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Next time we get together, which is November 18, we have Victoria Jackson joining yes. us. And uh, Todd will introduce her when it is time for that, uh, because he's the guy who found her. Thank she's you, writing, Todd. Yeah, she writes about cowboys. And uh, All you ladies out there, you better turn tune in, there because this is a real cowgirl. She's the real deal. Uh, no the kidding. real deal. All right. Real deal. Salute to all of our cowboy uh, guys who did their thing and uh, served their country. 78, 79, 80 salutes to all you veterans out there. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West.